Okay, welcome back to Chat with Bia Coaches, uh, guys. Uh, we have Coach Melina, Coach Joao. Hello, guys. Hello, guys. And uh, yeah, we have been doing this uh, cycle of uh, arts, let's say, uh, into the art of coaching, obviously. So we spoke about uh, a little bit of swimming at the, at the beginning, but it was much more in, uh, into the challenges topics. And then uh, we spoke about uh, the art of cycling with Coach uh, Bojan and then the art of running with uh, Coach Joao. And today is the time of uh, the art of swimming, Coach Melina, which is <laughs> the aspect here. All right, so we are going to talk about the art of swimming and uh, we are going to have some uh, questions, live questions from uh, our athletes. We have been uh, asking them, so we'll see what it comes out. And uh, yeah, just uh, to introduce the topic, we, we, we have seen that uh, it's pretty common perception from the athlete that, uh, especially age groupers, the swimming, it's a misconception that the swim is, is not important enough because if you're doing a full distance, it's only 5% of the time. So the focus on swimming is not uh, as it should be. Okay, For a swimmer, this one is like pain in the chest because obviously <laughs> you like uh, the others to focus on also on this discipline. Um, swimming is a huge blend, let's say, of uh, things that make a triathlete a better swimmer. Which, can you make a list real quick of the more important for you? And then I will ask the same question to, to Joao. What is this, uh, you know, many things in the, in the swim? Um, well, I'll probably say one of the first things is got to be confidence in the water. And I know that sounds like an obvious thing to say that if you're going to do this, you have to be relatively happy in the water. Um, but you, you've got to be confident in open water and you've got to be confident with lots of people around you. So that would probably be the first thing to overcome um, in your preparation for any tribe. Beyond that, you then start to go into the technique of swimming. It doesn't have to be perfect. Um, learning to swim or sort of trying to perfect your swim as an adult as opposed to a younger athlete um, is very different. So it does, the technique doesn't have to be perfect, but it needs to be efficient. So when you get on the bike, you're not kind of wasted, and you've still got your you're relatively fresh enough to hit the other two um, the other two disciplines. Um, and then yeah, if you start to then look into the technique itself, then there's the element of breathing, uh, body position, um, and actually having power in your stroke. Because I see a lot of swimmers that technically aren't too bad um, in terms of how the arm is moving through the water but actually all they're doing is moving the arm through the water without moving water out of the way if that makes sense the, the technique isn't too bad but there's it's empty the stroke is empty um, so those would probably be the first things for me how about you mm, yeah i think well i agree with the the, the order of the um, that Coach Merila uh, gave to us because for me sometimes being a swimmer as a background it's um, it's hard to remember that the first thing that people have a problem is to feel comfortable in the water because that's the first thing that I, I feel when I go in the water is oh now I'm comfortable here this is my game this is my environment and then it's really um, 
hard sometimes to don't feel comfortable in the water and try to understand the beginner or somebody that never swam before because you know for me it was since I'm four years old swimming kind of learning so then you you get somebody that wants to do triathlon and doesn't like the the feeling of the face in the water or some or, or like to go in a more situation that maybe you cannot stand up and and feel safe right so the feeling of being comfortable i think um, if you're not comfortable you don't learn right so that's the problem um, i think melina put perfect the, the order and um, and we have to understand that some people are not comfortable in the water you know even if they are swimming and they are doing a half ironman and they're doing a full ironman they are not comfortable in the water mm-hmm. even they are doing the races that part still very demanding uh, m- m- one point for me that is is a game changer is to understand that the swimming pool it's an environment that is very controlled and then the open water in a race it's an open game um, you cannot compare one thing to the other I think that's very important. Yeah, if I, if I understand uh, correctly, first is safety, okay, which is body body awareness in the in the open water, which becomes also body awareness in uh, in the pool because now you know that the open water sessions are uh, are not available because the the seawater here in Dubai is too is too hot. Then you need to concentrate a little bit more on the on the technique side, and then uh, we will refocus on the body awareness in the in the sea. Um, I, I think that uh, another good uh, topic, you know, the, connecting to what you said, is that uh, you know if you think about the bike, you have an hour on the on the bike. The learning curve or an hour running, the learning curve is much, uh, let's say, steeper, because you can benefit much more swim as you were saying you know it has all these aspects that you need to focus so sometimes one hour in the water is not too much uh, to you know to achieve or to feel like you're achieving and that's probably what is frustrating the the athletes right that's that's true and i think this is one of the things um that those who are coming from a non-swimming background um feel the frustration is that to get those improvements in the swim it takes a lot of time. Um, whereas, say, if you invested, I don't know, if you had an, if you suddenly had an extra two hours a week to put into your training, if you put those two hours into your swim, yes, you could feel more comfortable and become more efficient. But in terms of actual time improvement, it would still be marginal. Whereas, if you take those two hours and you put them onto your bike training, for example, or onto your run training, from a speed or time perspective in the race you kind of get more return for your time if that makes sense Um, and it is and it is hard in a in a a situation where you know you're an age grouper and you're trying to balance all sorts of things in your life it's understandable that you may think well this makes a little bit more sense from like an economy sort of perspective and logistics Um, but it doesn't take away from the fact that you you still have to yeah. You, you can't. You're never going to win a race off the back of the swim, 
you can certainly lose a race off the back of the swim if you're chasing podium, um, and you can also mess up your race just off the yeah, back of the yeah, swim. Yeah. So it's important that you still do address it, even though mm -hmm. it's the shortest part of the race. Yeah, the, the, this time thing is something that uh, I think is crucial because if you think about it, it, it it's, it's evident in your preparation of the UAE man. Mm -hmm. You had to spend a lot of time to have a result in, in the swim. You know, you had to spend like days and days swimming like 15K, 17K, 18K, 20K to get to swim 34K. So there is evident, you know, the, the relationship between how much you spend in the water and what you achieve. Sometimes for a Alpha Ironman, you don't feel like, okay, but if I, if I swim twice a week, uh, you know, a couple of K, that's what I'm gonna do in the race. But there are, I think, key numbers. I like to, to look at into the 4K, 5K workout per week, where the athlete is gonna switch in, into, into a mode where, you know, he, he has, uh, he's effectively maximizing his training. And, uh, and, and time is, you know, we put technique, yeah, body awareness, time. Uh, because logistic is a, is a big uh, issue. Yeah, but talking with this, okay, we have uh, launched a new service, which is uh, uh, BR Monday Swim, and uh, 7.30 a Blue Wave, okay, we have a coach session, Coach Melina, or, you know, the coaches that are available, and it's for all the levels. What is the minimum requirement for, uh, for this, for the athletes? Um, ideally, they need to be able to swim continuously without stopping at least one length that's that is the bare minimum um depending on your level you swim anything from um 1800 meters to 3k um so we kind of split them up we do a little bit of technique work um and we do also focus on um, either endurance intervals or sprint intervals so it is for everyone everyone does get feedback on their on their stroke um but then at a certain point we just switch over to the fitness aspect of swimming so very good Monday evening 7:30 at Blue Wave. Book your uh, spot. It's not only for BR athletes, but for all the athletes. Book your spot with the uh, front desk at BR. Let's take 30 seconds break. Good. To take you to the next level, we have to know two basic metrics, which is where you are now, your base level, and where you are going, your final goal. For this reason, we create a system called BR stages. The BR stages consist in four levels. Number one, fundamentals. Number two, skills. Number three, performance. And finally, specialization. Okay. Welcome back, we chat with BR coaches, guys. So yes, we had a look at uh, what are the, the common things that we need to focus when we're talking about swimming for triathletes. So we talked about technique, we talked about uh, body awareness and safety in, uh, in open water, especially and then the time that uh, people are available for, for training. Now, let's have a look uh, real quick on what, uh, how at a BR we, we, we assess the entry level of the athlete, what is the, the common practice and how we, uh, we can put an athlete into a beginner or an advanced group, an intermediate, what is the normal uh, practice that we do? Well, um, we, there are many, um, many, systems of swim coaching around like people try to break down the movements they try to break down the, the swim movement they try, they try to break down the distance and then to kind of create a more systematic um, teaching approach that people can 
understand easier what they're doing because if you go to the swim uh, and I think that's the tricky part comparing to bike and run for example um, while you're running and you're cycling the it's it's very natural to breathe and then to get the oxygen in so you are not worried about that part uh, so if you need to focus on your technique you can easily say alright are you gonna just breathe and then focus on my foot or my leg on the pulling or whatever and then you go to the swimming when you people start to swim uh, and they don't know the breathing very well um, it's really hard for them to say alright let me just keep swimming and focus on my hand or my legs because they have a problem with the most important part which is breathing so you cannot keep swimming without breathing there's no way you're gonna do that um, and I think this is one of the, the key points of um, when people start to relax and learn the breathing that's you can probably maybe you can go over more it's how where you can start to teach other things you know um, and then the movement assessment as well uh, that we do here that goes most probably trying to cover all the movements that um, we can do so we ask uh, neck rotations shoulder rotations mobility thoracic hips and then a little bit of strength as well because as Melina said I, I see that a lot I see that people really learn the technique they try their best effort to do the perfect stroke and unfortunately it's not very efficient it's just a beautiful swim and then you go to the sea it get, gets worse you know so we try to um, break down those movements and I think uh, doing a little bit of a movement assessment it's gonna help the coach and the athlete to understand what are the weak points of the body that we really need to change and some things you're not going to be able to change just anymore you really need to work on their strength your mobility um, flexibility and other details right. so I think that's uh, that's more like how I see that movement yeah I mean like uh, you need to assess if there is a effectively a limit uh, initially like physical limit because uh, as we said the, the before the swim is very technical so that if there is a physical limit, a movement that you never practice in your life. Now, this is the moment, you know, before starting to see if the, if the, the athlete can go into it or not. And then, as you said, uh, you know, once you see them swimming, you know, start breaking down, what are the prioritized? Because this is something that if you have only a, a let's say, an online coaching, it's something that is difficult to, to do because, uh, you know, you give workouts, but the athlete uh, doesn't know which one prioritize. So, it, it, it's a common practice that we do if we have online uh, athletes that we receive some videos so they say okay now we're gonna focus on this and you just give uh, workouts to focus one thing because it's, it's easy if, especially if you're training by yourself to do one session I'm training on this one session I do this eh? and then you're not improving on anything because you haven't uh, figured it out you're not body aware to, to make the correction this is I think it's, it's, it's also another thing that happens with beginners that they are not body aware. They don't know where the body is. So, 
you know, when you assess the movements and you assess the rotation, you assess the, you know, the limits of the movement, you understand that this guy might, maybe might, might have some issues in, uh, in, the, in the water. Yeah, no, and with the, with the swimming, particularly with age groupers or those that don't come from a swimming background, one thing that they really do need to work on, and probably don't work on as much as they should, is shoulder mobility. That is a big limiting factor um, um, in the swim, and it's something that they, anytime they go in the gym or anything like that, they should, they should really be doing it. Because especially if you think about it on the bike, they're quite tucked in onto the aero bars, um, and if they if they never stretch that out, um, it it will affect them. Um, it will affect them in the water. Um, now, with the one thing that I found with all the athletes that I, I work with, I always get when we have the first initial conversation of kind of where they're at and where they want to go. Everybody, everybody will downplay their swim. Everybody's going to say, "I don't swim very well," or um, and that's. I don't tend to take that at face value anymore. What I, I aim to do is, if I can't see this, them swimming, I will request a couple of videos of them. Um, and then give them feedback based on that video, especially if they don't have a lot of body awareness. What really helps is if they see themselves swimming with specific feedback in mind, then they start to see whatever issue it is they have or they're fighting. Um, and then I think it helps them to at least try and correct it that little bit more. Um, but like Joao said, it's all about you've got to prioritize what you know. What's the most important thing? And usually, it's got a lot to do with the breath. Um, and until that's sorted, it's hard to get them to correct to correct other things. But it, it is about just picking one thing and say, right, these are the things that we really need to work on. Um, I don't know, your breathing, um, your entry, your pull underwater, whatever it is, your body position. But for now, this is what you need to work on. And then gradually try and tick them off. But the other thing that should, we should be quite careful with, obviously depending on their level, if they are able to swim a few laps with whatever technique they have, we've got to keep the balance of, okay, you're going to do your technique work, we're going to focus on this thing. But we're still going to get on and swim. Okay, it might not be perfect, and you're probably going to tell them to do a sprint, and the technique will go. Everything you've told them will go out the window, and they'll revert back to their old habits. Um, but at the end of the day, even if you have a perfect technique, if you can't hold it for more than a length, it's not much use to you in a triathlon. So you've got to bring your technique, and then bring your, your swim fitness up. Then work on your technique and bring your swim fitness up um, a little bit. And it's just how you structure those sessions. So if you find that one of your athletes, they can actually hold a decent pace and hold the technique, I don't know, for 50 meters, but then after that, they're kind of holding the pace, but the technique's gone out the window and they're fighting the water, then we just stick to intervals that are up to 50 meters with the short rest so then they're getting more quality mm. swim rather than give them 100 meter intervals or 200 meter intervals where they'll get 50 meters of good swimming and 150 meters of just fighting the water so it's finding that balance and it's something that i think the athlete needs to understand as well you have to work on the technique and we'll still work on the fitness i think there's a frustration when they start looking at numbers and times and i'm not getting any better and all that stuff but if they're becoming more efficient so if you're able to swim the same pace 
but it's not costing you as much in energy, that's still a win. Because when it comes to the race, even if your swim isn't faster, you're still going to get on the bike feeling fresher than what you did before. Yeah, I, I, I think um, the swim, um, if, you, if, you, if you compare um, swimming with everything else, like, um, it, is a, it is a challenging sports, uh, sport because you are in, a, in the water with your head down you cannot see the movement and you have to ha really have a good um, body uh, awareness like you say Tomas to understand and to imagine that you most probably are doing the movement that you think that you're doing uh, and be sure that you're never going to do the way you think it's not happening uh, so even if you feel like oh today I feel that my hand is really nice that's probably because it, you are having a good day of swimming, but I am sure you're not doing exactly what you are imagining. And that this is something that it doesn't come easy. It comes with a lot of time, a lot of practice, a lot of hours of swimming and changing and learning. And people don't know, the, the, the beginners, they think that um, the effort that they put in something, it's gonna represent in a few sessions the benefit right and it's unfortunately not like that so it's a sport re it's by repetition now what Melina is saying is very important because it's not a wrong repetition that's gonna get better it's the correct repetition so um, the best swimmers in the world pool swimmers they don't repeat movements if they're wrong so the courts they stop them and they don't do anymore so if you do whatever set you're doing and the technique is going wrong, they stop. Because that means, because they don't want to learn or repeat something wrong, right? Now, with us, um, as uh, coaches of age groupers, if we always stop when the technique goes wrong, <laughs> we might have a big it's problem it's with a the balance. fitness part. Yeah. <laughs> because then you don't build fitness, right? Because these guys are professional athletes, they, they start to go wrong after a lot of things, right? For us, we have to level down a little bit and understand that my athlete wants to do a sprint triathlon. So he needs to cover 750 meter swim, open water, people around him. Okay, so I have the technique, I have the fitness. Um, how much time we have to prepare this person? how far this person is from a good technique to, to the race and then you have to break it down and prioritize all right let's build your swim technique over the time but also let's not don't race because your swim is not perfect because my friend it might never be perfect <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? yeah this is uh, you read my mind because i always tell my athletes okay you have unlocked uh, level two of swim you have unlocked because at the beginning especially they are monopace you know I've, I've been there you know i haven't been training for the swimming for a, for, a, for a long time and now i started swimming and i have only one pace you know slow <laughs> so when i say to the athlete now you have, you have unlocked level two normally this is the first thing i see as, as an improvement you know as, as you know i give the diagnosis okay you are improving in the swim because they now they can differentiate it 
di differentiate two or three places. Now at the point, it can regulate in a race, for example, because it can start hard and then go steady hard, okay? <laughs> and then slow down or, or you know, regroup, but still finishing without you know, starting super hard and then just, just dropping down. What is the, the symptom that you can recognize normally when the, when the athletes, okay, this athlete is improving now in the swim. Is there something uh, uh, specific? Is there something that you look at it? Um, well, one, obviously, if we, if we just focus on numbers, obviously it's looking at their pace per 100 meters um, in, in the pool. Um, obviously assessing their technique um, and how they also perform off the back of the swim. Um, Triathlon is, is one sport with three sort of disciplines within it. So we do in training, there will be times where they will swim, even if it means you're gonna do a shorter swim because I want you to run straight off the back of a swim. So the <clears throat> seeing how well they are in the swim is always relative to the other two disciplines as well. Now the other issue is you could be um, really improving in the pool and the pool is a great tool. It's very, like Joao said, it's very controlled. It's very good for trying to learn your technique, um, getting a feel for your speed and all that. Um, but, you know, and I know from, from myself, I'm never happier when I rock up at my local pool and it's empty and I have a whole pool to myself and I don't have to share a lane and I'm really happy about that. But I'm not gonna race by myself. Yeah. So if all you ever do is go and swim in one lane by yourself with nobody else around you, um, you're gonna rock up on race day and you've got what, I don't know, lot, well, loads of people around you um, and you now have to swim with all those people around you. That's a very different ball game. So, um, and one thing I've, those who are non-swimmers will always think twice and three and four and five times about going to a group swim. Mm. Like, oh, I'm not sure, I'm not fast enough, or whatever, and um, just going, even if you're not, even if you're not one of the fastest ones there, you are gonna, you are gonna swim in a lane with other people, you're gonna, your hands are gonna bang, you're, you know, you, you still have to navigate that, there's gonna be a little bit more chop because there's other people there. Your pace might be a little bit slower, it might be a little bit faster because you're kind of drafting a little bit in the pool as well. Um, but that stuff that does transfer from the pool to the open water. And it's like I said, as, as important as the technique is, as important as the fitness is, when it comes to triathlon, being able to deal with all the other stuff involved in the swim, um, it's very important. And learning things like, you know, I don't know, swallow water and still swim. Mm. So if you don't get that panicky feeling, what do you do? And that will happen in a group swim, because you're gonna, turn your head to breathe and someone's feet will be right there and they'll be kicking really hard and you'll take a you know a whole load of water in so it's all those other things around it it's not just about the technique so and this is where group swimming comes into play as well. and that's the season of the pool as we said yeah, before yeah. 7 30 on monday blue wave book with the vr performance studio front desk okay 30 seconds break and then we come back with some more when uh, a person is stressed and they're trying to uh, work on healthier habits and that's what happens to most of us is we try to work on healthier habits but we have certain internal stressors that prevent us from developing those good habits so we start we get stressed and then we stop so my job is to intervene right at the point where they start and where they stop
so they can continue. So I'm giving them the power and the tools to continue to build these healthy habits long term. Okay. All right. We're back with Chat with Be a Coaches. Uh, um, swim. How do we uh, understand how fast uh, is, uh, is an athlete? How do we assess, Melina? Um, the kind of the accepted um, or widely used um, test or pace at the moment, we, we look at the 100 meter pace of the swimmer. And the way to assess that is to try and establish what the critical swim um, speed is. So the same way that we, in cycling, we've got the FTP, um, then this is the equivalent of that. Um, and what we're looking for is to, for the athlete to be able to race as close as possible to that pace, that CSS pace. Because you could have an athlete that has a raw speed of, I don't know, say up there, but their CSS is here. Whereas you could have someone that their raw speed is there, but their CSS is actually a lot closer. So you could have someone that for longer stuff will be faster. Um, the test to establish that effectively involves uh, a time trial, a 200 meter time trial, and a 400 meter time trial. Um, you swim that you know, as fast as you can, and you get as much break in between the two as you can, um, and then you just kind of calculate it. There's loads of CSS calculators on, um, on the internet that you can use. You just input your time, you input the length of the pool that you're in. It's quite important that you are in a pool that is actually 25 or 50 meters. Um, as we all know in Dubai, there are pools that are 23 meters, 27, 26. Um, at least for your test, try and get to a pool that's um, accurate. Um, and then from there, you work out what your pace is and you try and um, do your sessions plus or minus on, on that one. But that's not the only sort of test you can do. Um, there's lots of other tests you can, um, you can basically, any anything that you can repeat, um, uh, you can use it as your as your base measure. Yeah. And obviously remember that you're, it's a 400 meter swim and a 200 meter swim, whereas triathletes will be swimming minimum 800 or up to 3.8k, so you need to take Yeah, you need to factorize uh, yeah, everything. Yeah. And for, for an entry level, as you said, once you've seen that uh, this athlete doesn't have many you know, physical issues or, or limitations, then at that point you calculate the, the, the CSS, and then at the point you have the zones, so at least you can start working on, okay, this yeah. is uh, you know, your warm-up pace, you need to keep this one, this is your threshold pace, you need to, to do these uh, yeah. sets with this one, and then as you said, we we manipulate the rest between the intervals so at that point you know they try to get the css as close as possible as to the but to the race pace of one thing that we need to keep an eye well with some swimmers or those those that don't have much awareness and like you said earlier you know jokingly that i have one speed um some people may not know while they're swimming may genuinely yeah. have no idea what's the pace you yeah know, what pace they're doing and obviously with swimming, it's hard to swim and look at your watch yeah. um, and have any p feedback. And if, you, if there's no pace clock and you don't know how to use the pace clock on poolside, that can affect it. Um, so you can get those, um, um, what do you call it? The, the beeper thing, the CSS beeper that you can wear in your hat and you can have it 
beep every 25 meters at a certain pace. Mm. So that's a good way of um, instant feedback that if you hear the beep as you touch the wall, you know you're doing the pace you're supposed to. If the beep comes before you hit the wall, you know you're too yeah, slow. Yeah, yeah. And obviously if the beep comes after, then... So it's a good way to um, learn what your pace is. Mm -hmm. That said, like we've had one instance um, of an athlete that like repeated the, tw the test twice, but consistently swam a faster pace in the 400 than the, the, the mm. 200. So mm -hmm. it's like, it's near enough impossible to work out what the CSS pace. The 200 yeah. meter one has got to yeah. be faster, but basically they are at a point where they don't have the fitness to carry out that test, yeah. or to carry out the test properly. In which case you just adapt, like we adapted and we did a 10 lots of 100s and we took the average and we said, well, for now, this is what we're going to work with until you are able to do the test. Otherwise, the test is invalid and it's... Yeah, and very it's good no point. Good. It's not for everybody, right? Yeah, yeah uh, well, I'm glad they came up with the 400s and 200s because in my time, it was, we had the T30. So it's 30 minutes non-stop. Oh, my God. <laughs> and we had like that yeah. as, a, as assessment of your 100 meter space. And I remember that it, it was like um, a race for 30 minutes in the pool that you have your squad and literally like all the names there and the pressure to do that test. I remember it too now and I'm talking about 30 years ago. <laughs> uh, uh, and that was the way that they, uh, they had more data. So they used it. T30 test, and then they had the T60 test, and then the T15 test, the T10 test. So basically what I'm saying is you can create a database from basically probably any distance you want, right? Is it 400 meters, 200 meters, the best way to assess 3.8K uh, fitness? Maybe it's not. But why we use? Because we have more data from that assessment. You can compare yourself with more people the coach can have a better idea of the fitness of the athlete. Uh, but if we decide that I want to know my client's pace and I want, make, uh, I want him to swim 4K every Monday, I'm going to have enough data and this is going to give me a feedback on the athlete, right? Uh, people get stuck with the information that they read on the internet uh, and unfortunately um, the more people talk about something, the more looks the only thing that exists. Um, and as a coach, it's our work to explain that this is one way to measure your CSS yeah. or your speed. As, as well, FTP test. You have 60,000 ways to measure your power, right? You can do FTP uphill, you can do 8 minutes, you can do 4 minutes, you can do 1 hour. Uh, we use that way because we have more data uh, to compare. And because we believe that for the current fitness of that athlete, that's the best test. Yeah. And it can move. You know, you can do different. Because at some point, maybe you're doing 400s and 200s, and then you don't know your 60-minute space. So you, if you go for that distance, you might have to do a different test, right? Uh, for our athletes that are listening, and for whoever is listening, um, one important thing is CSS is your max speed per 100 meters for that distance. So there is no way 
that you're going to improve that speed if you don't swim that level. Okay. What What's going to happen when you go to that level, your heart rate going to go as high as that level is required to go. So you cannot improve your max speed without riser heart rate, right? Uh, you can build the aerobic base swimming easier, which is going to help to rise the other zones. So if you have a, big, a better aerobic capacity, the zone 3, 4, 5, Ideally, they get a little bit higher, but I'm never going to be able to swim a critical speed if I don't train on that speed. Yeah. Uh, just to, to people don't think that um, I will improve my speed on the swim without getting tired. You know, you're not, you know, you're not going to do that. You're going to have to feel tired to improve that speed, and the problem of the beginners and um, sorry to go a bit long and people that they are not so used to swim is they don't know how to get tired in the water <clears throat> they don't like to get tired in the water so as soon there is a little bit of feeling of oh my god this is getting hard they hold back yeah no I this this is a very good point and this is a this is something that I, I mean, you, you come to the Monday nights, you probably hear me mention it every week, week in, week out. Um, most of our athletes, even if they don't come from a sporting background, I'm kind of generalizing, but they'll be more comfortable running and cycling than they are swimming. Like Joao said earlier with the whole breathing thing. Um, they don't train, I'm not asking them to train as swimmers as such, but their approach to swim training unintentionally is completely different to how they train for bike and run so bike and run you will see them really push themselves like if, if we say you know you're going ftp or you're going to do 115 percent of your ftp they will push themselves put them in the water and it's like oh but i'm not sure or you know and they will hold back the other thing that i find um Obviously, I come from a swimming background, so probably a little bit frustrating. On the bike, you say to them, do eight lots of four minutes with two minutes recovery. And they will push until the Garmin buzzes to say the four minutes are up. And they will take the recovery for two minutes because that's when the watch says I've got to go. You put them in the pool, you give them 15 seconds recovery after every 100, and that'll become 20 seconds, oh, what's another five seconds, or it'll stretch a little bit, and those that don't tumble turn, there is no requirement to tumble turn, um, but you've got to do a good turn. It's not a case, take your time, touch the wall, sort your goggles, take a breath, see where you are, and then push off. It's got to be a fast turn. Yes, you don't have a turn in the triathlon, but you also don't get a break every 25 seconds, every 25 meters to catch your breath. So they've got to apply that ethos to swim training too. It's no different. Um, and I think that's something they've, they've really struggled to do, which is why, so banging on about group swim again, but it's good to have a coach there that tells you right now you're going. No, stop faffing around, your time's up, go and then kind of give them the immediate feedback of the time when they get back. Yeah, in terms of uh, um, 
system of coaching for swim, I, I believe that um, a combination is the best. So for me, when I see people like, I only use the beeper on my sessions, I don't like. Mm. Uh, because at some point you need to learn how to pace without the beeper. If you never use, for example, the, the beeper, you might get some sessions that you think you are moving well and you might not move well, so you lose the feedback because you probably are tired or you're too fresh. So most, one of the big issues of triathlon is uh, you do get really heavy legs with bike and run. They, they become heavy. So, I, you know, I see this during these years of coaching, uh, coaching a lot of people to do full Ironman. They start the, the, the full Ironman program swimming very well because their legs are fresh. And then it goes week one, two, three. So the, the bike become five hours, the run become 20K, and then the swim starts to like fall apart and they panic. They literally panic, like they think they don't know how to swim anymore. But actually it's the overload on the lower part of the body that is really making them struggle to move in the water. So the, the understanding the process is really important because what happened is actually when you start to taper that athlete, the swim just come back yeah. naturally. And they race and they have their time yeah. and it's amazing. But that period of time when the legs are heavy, it's really hard for them to motivate themselves yeah. to go to that pool and hammer a 4K swim session yeah. that they know it's going to be slow, it's going to be less than they expected, they don't have the strength, and then the strength comes into, I think, um, very, very strong on the swim. It's an important part where I also see that um, you, uh, women naturally they have less upper body strength than men's. So I see girls that they, they struggle to do two, three push-ups or even two, three pull-ups on the strength session. And it, there is a direct relation with the strength on the pool. Yeah. No, agreed. Um, and I mean, just to touch back on the on the heavy legs and stuff. That's clearly it's just an awareness thing that you know your legs are tired, so it's probably affecting your body position in the water, and hence it's making it harder. Which is why, although as the load increases in training, we do have to accept that that's there. Um, it's always suggested or recommended, I guess, um, if logistically it's possible, especially if you're not a particularly strong swimmer, if logistically it's possible for you to do your swim first in the day, if there's a bike in the run, it's better than doing your run or your bike and then jumping straight in the pool. Because if your technique isn't quite there, the heavy legs are going to make it struggle. But it is, like Joao said, it's, it's about them knowing that, you know, it's okay, that this is the reason why and gradually it will, it will come back. Thankfully, we don't. We start the race with the swim, so you're not going to do the bike and run first and then. Yeah. Um, and then Otherwise, we would win all the races. Yeah. <coughs> that's true. That's, true. that's <laughs> what I need. Yeah. I think that's why they made this way and safety reasons yeah. as well. We forgive you for going long, okay? Yes. Uh, pretty good list of things, okay? Mm -hmm. So, uh, athletes must memorize that it's advised to go and get the swim done in the morning, okay? The first thing that you do, because then it's replicating race, 
you know, all these kind of things, okay? Get the strength down also because it's gonna help during your journey uh, to a long distance uh, race. Uh, don't focus too much on the, let's say, the marketing of uh, different, uh, you know, testing and assessing because your coach will find the one that you need in the moment of training, you know, in the block of training. And uh, yeah, hit for the summer. <laughs> so I think here is where we can also be smart because ideally we want to put the swim earlier, but now with the weather, you know, so um, we don't want our clients to run at 4 p.m. because they swim in the morning, right? So just be smart on the choose that the way you split your sessions, because um, knowing that, for example, Tuesday you have a heavy bike, and if you uh, have to swim the day before, right, um, and run the day before, so ideally I would do the run first and compromise a little bit the swim uh, and swim more tired because the next day I have a 5 a.m. bike. So I, I think just play smart on the choice that you do because of the weather. I think Melina said according to your logistics. Yeah. I don't 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 say all oh, my swims from today it's morning. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Yeah, because you might be compromising the schedule. I think that's a smart choice, and you need to learn what you can do. For example, now we're doing the Monday evening swim, and then the next morning is amazing mm -hmm. because you have a 5 a.m. bike, right? Um, with time, that combination will increase your fitness. Yeah. It almost, will increase. It's almost back to back. Right? Yes. Yeah. Okay, let's say 30 seconds break. We come back with the questions and the conclusions. back with chat with BR coaches um, the latest service that we have launched is the BR fuel station so basically our athletes they have a 20% discount on uh, ordering the food uh, the nutrition the fuel that we were using here at BR we are partnered with the sponsor and stealth so plenty of options there also for vegans vegetarians and uh, omnivores so you have everything there yeah it's true I read the, the brochure yes, I'm, I'm prepared on that sure. So the people that are gonna get the giveaway this uh, week are uh, Dima, who asked, uh, is there a specific technique that triathletes should stick or is it not one size fits all? Melina. It's definitely not one size fits all, that's for sure. Um, at the end of the day, we, like, we spoke about earlier on about like the movement assessment. There might be certain stuff that physically might be a bit of a limiter for you. Um, especially if you're carrying any injuries or anything like that. So we kind of work with what we've got. Um, and also it's a lot to do with, you know, triathlons open water. So you, what's more important is that you are able 
to adapt your stroke to the conditions that are given to you. For example, if it's, you know, if the swim is really flat and calm, you can really focus on a really nice long stroke, glide a little bit. But if it's really, really choppy, it's a long glide just isn't going to work. So what you really want there, you want to bring your cadence up a little bit and make the stroke shorter to help you through the, the choppy water and the waves. So no, it's definitely not a one size fits all. Um, you work with what you've got um, and the conditions that you're given. And just to make very quickly a very important point, like with people that there's lots of stuff on YouTube, there's lots of stuff on the internet. It's great to watch swimmers, like Olympic level swimmers, how they swim and how they move through the water. Um, don't compare yourself to that and to a point don't aim for that they swim loads of hours practicing lots of things and you know and you look at michael phelps and he's really tall big feet big hands and ridiculous wingspan you're not gonna you know you're not gonna get that so don't look at them and think this is what i'm aiming for effectively they are swimming sprints compared to what a triathlete's gonna do so they have a really high leg kick and, and you know all that stuff so yeah it's great to watch and learn but be careful what be picky with what you actually take on board we, we are live now yeah. okay <laughs> so so i say i can see Mo is online okay Hello, morning coaches yes good and uh so as we said this is a giveaway moment and melina just uh, answered to to dima to her question and uh, you're gonna hear the the full answer in the podcast so you need to watch the the episode okay as well as more yeah. what was uh, more asking because asking about the heart rate and the css yes that okay. we spoke about yeah we spoke about so also you more you're gonna get uh, your giveaway and uh, yeah you need to watch the episode to but know the answer has more uh, uh, food than VR has oh, okay. at his home, so I don't think he needs any okay. extra so nutrition, the, the, but so I will the, talk to him about it. Yes, so the giveaway for uh, Dima is going to be a weekend uh, uh, nutrition, okay? So she's going to be covered for that. And as we said before, we have 20% discount for our athlete who are buying uh, through the BR fuel station, new service, the... Um, the packages and uh, they're gonna have a 20% discount yeah, so basically they can buy um, uh, order the food uh, the nutrition that they need for the weekend or the week and we're gonna create uh, the race package uh, nutrition package and they're gonna create the weekend uh, nutrition pack so they can order few um, combo um, uh, supplements or nutrition and uh, Basically, if you compare a 100 meters runner um, with a marathon runner, you're going to have a lot of difference on yeah. the technique, right? <clears throat> so you cannot compare 50 meter swimmer with um, a triathlete. So I think that's the mindset that people need to understand when you see a video. So if you see Usain Bolt running and you see uh, Kipchoge running, they run very different. Right? But they're almost fast as <laughs> But they are very, very good in what they do. And then if you see a, a 50 meters sprinter that's going to take 20 seconds to run, to, to swim 50 meters. Yeah. And then you have an open water uh, swimmer. They have a different technique. They have a different uh, arm rotation, leg kick. So just, just remember that it is swimming that you are watching, but they are doing different 
different context. Yeah, and it's almost a different sport because when you change the distance, you change the technique and the way things do. So uh, just being aware that you are looking for a person doing a different movement that you should be doing. And, Don't yeah, compare. and just to touch on the fact that you said it is a different sport, it definitely is like from pool sprint swimming to open water swimming is different, but both of those are still different from triathlon. Yes. The open water swimmer just has to swim. You have to swim in the open water and have energy to bike and run. The runners, you know, Kipchoge's a marathon runner, but he's not a triathlete. He doesn't have to do that off the back of a bike. Yeah. So always keep in mind that the sport that you're doing and the context that you have to do it in. Okay, guys, I think uh, we had it all. Okay, let's just wrap up. Okay, <laughs> that's what we do here at BR. We assess the athlete. We put them in the condition that it can, they can prioritize what they have to work on, okay? And then from there, we continuously assess the athlete in order to have them doing the, the best race they can do. We talked about CSS, we talked about you know, working on technique, we talked about on working on uh, you know, uh, swim fitness, let's say. And uh, yeah, we talked about uh, the, the new service that we have at BR. So on Monday evening at 7.30, we were swimming at uh, a Blue Wave with a coach session. So you need to book this one with BR front desk. It's open to our athletes, but it's also open to uh, non-members. And then uh, speaking about services, okay, on uh, Wednesday track, BR uh, track Wednesday, we have coach Martin that is providing uh, support and, uh, and coaching for uh, our runners, okay? So uh, this is also a new service that you need to book with, uh, with Frontesk. Which okay. is also a separate package than you start. Yes. And there as well, we are partnered with uh, our fueling uh, friends, so Sponsor and uh, Stealth. And uh, our athletes have 20% discount. Guys, it was a pleasure. Okay, the art of coaching is uh, is building up with uh, and, you know, every small arts there. You know, <laughs> it's becoming bigger and bigger. Uh, let us know what you think about this uh, with this uh, episode. You know, drop us an email, uh, Instagram, and you can follow us on theartofformalstudios.com and your blog. You find all the links. Thank you. Bye, guys. See you next week. <laughs>